0: What kind of plan to be at this place on this Sunday as a family service when we come across this passage of Scripture as we've been going through Matthew 18 and 19, and it comes to the place where the children come running to Jesus. And he is thrilled they do. I'm just going to ask you to bow your head for just a moment. Father, open our hearts to hear your word. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. How many of you have heard of the endangered cephalopod that lives in the trees of the Pacific Northwest? A few of you? The tree octopus? It really doesn't exist. It's one of those internet hoaxes that many, many people have fallen due to gullibility and belief how about dihydrogen monoxide dhmo which is a component of acid rain a chemical so deadly that if you breathe it in you can die it's in gaseous form it can actually cause severe burns and this has also gone around the internet because dhmo which is found in rivers and all different kinds of wherever acid rain falls is merely water And there's been all kinds of people who have signed petitions to deal with this problem of DHMO what I bring this up for is because they've done studies at the University of Connecticut and they actually use this idea of the tree octopus to test school children trying to understand their tendency to believe what they read on the Internet and their sense of gullibility. What I find is interesting in these studies is that social psychologists have been studying this um, idea of kids believing what they hear, and they've been studying this, and especially how it impacts them through the Internet for years. But these social psychologists have found as they've been studying this that kids have this default reaction to new information. Think about it a second. We call it gullibility, but they have a default reaction to new information that does not doubt or even remain neutral. But it actually moves to belief. Adults, according to this, do have a greater tendency towards doubt and disbelief People tend to believe anything they hear as long listen to this, as it does not conflict with something they already believe. Adults come with a larger set of pre-existing beliefs than children, so there is a greater chance that new information will conflict with an existing belief. And so as they continued this study, they found something even more disturbing as they studied adults is the, that even when evidence mounts up, that begins to sway the pendulum in the direction of the reality and truth of this new belief, they will maintain the belief that they had once formed. And they call this belief perseverance, even in the face of confirming evidence. Now, why do I say this? Because when you come to this passage of Scripture in Matthew 18... Because it begins with a child and Jesus says you need to become like a child and then you continue on and he's talking about the kind of community that he wants to create where there's vulnerableness and openness. He is talking to who? Adults. Now I have to share with you, I don't think Jesus ever intends for us to be naively gullible to believe anything. In fact, part of the process of becoming... Um, an adult from moving from childhood to adult is is a healthy skepticism a discernment that looks out and and begins to see Can I really believe this or not? Can I really put my faith in this can I really trust in this and there are all kinds of measures that you can use to actually understand and say is this this Bible that believers who follow Christian or Christians is this Bible true is this Jesus who claims to be what he claims true. But what I find is interesting is Jesus is coming to a group of people who have been prepared for years and years with beliefs around this one who would come and he shows up and due to pre-existing beliefs, they don't have the ability to believe because Jesus shows up in a way in their lives that is really different out on the margins of what they have put jesus in or what this jesus is to look like to be and so jesus comes and he says i want to show you the kind of life that god lives as we talked the last weeks or so about the zoe life where you live as it says back in genesis as god intended This idea where he stands before them and they, as a couple, Adam and Eve, are naked and unashamed, as it says in Scripture. It's a sense that they are vulnerable and open to the power and the presence and the reality of all that God in his life has created. And he calls you to engage in. And there's this consistent picture which begins in Matthew 18:1, As the disciples don't understand this, they're still caught up in another realm, in another world. And he says, I want you to become like a little child. And then he moves to this picture. If you turn to Matthew 19. And I think it's interesting he frames this whole account, one with the child where he has his hand on their shoulder, teaches this whole lesson about becoming like a child and all the things around vulnerability and trust and talks even about some boundaries and things that you need to have in place, moves all the way through forgiveness, moves to the topic of marriage, goes back to what God intends again, goes back to this idea of open and vulnerability, moves from marriage to what? To the next thing that Matthew brings up is family, children. For it says in verse eleven, verse 13, Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuke them. I don't, it, it, not the children. He's rebuking the parents who are bringing the children to Jesus. So Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. And the key phrase here is, don't stand in the way of the little children. They have something so valuable, so precious, so... Much that I would love for you to have in your life, adults, at this point, that you would have this kind of relationship with God and an understanding of Him, that sometimes these things get in the way. And even so, he uses this picture and he says, let the children come to me, don't hinder them. For God's life, this Zoe life, heaven which He calls to invade earth and to live in our lives, kept the picture of this. He calls you to begin to walk in heaven today right where you live. For this kind of life where God rules in this way belongs. That's a big word. Belongs. It means it's theirs. Belongs to such as these. In a sense, Jesus says to all the adults there, get out of the way. Stand clear. If you want to picture the kind of life that God lives and gives and and you want to receive it, then look and study children. Watch your children. Look at the kind of heart they bring in life. See, children just happen to be open and vulnerable enough to the power of God. Children just happen to be gullible enough to believe that this God can do anything and will provide everything needed. Children just happen to believe that God will bless them for nothing more than just being themselves vulnerable, open, and trusting. We teach them to trust. We give them reason to doubt. We make it easy for them to fear. We groom them to be performers who learn their lesson at an early age that their acceptance is somehow based on their measuring up. Somehow the message takes place that it is through their performance that they feel accepted. And it's really because that was probably the message we received and the message they, our parents received and down through the ages. And God has been constantly trying to move back all this to what He intended in the garden where they stood in this sense just innocent, trusting like children who had a relationship with God based on nothing that they had done but merely on the fact that their hearts were open and trusting knowing that they were less than him knowing that they needed him knowing that their very life depended on them and so he he has them stand and he says let the little children come don't hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them How many of you really believe that I think Jesus is is saying, quit keeping people from me who like children come with a naive hope and a gullible trust that their father loves them. Their father deeply loves them on the basis of nothing more than that they trust that and believe that and they believe it so much so that they would believe that their father would be willing to show up on this earth and make himself known and would even go to the point of a cross in order that they would know that this God, in spite of their sin and because of their sin, would reach out to them. And everyone, he says, who has this childlike heart will see, they'll they'll get it, that Jesus is the presence and power of God in flesh. You know, it's really interesting. The presence and power of God shows up to... These little ones who have this sense of, of, of openness and, and wonder and almost naive gullibility towards God the Father. Literally, it says, it belongs to such as these. Think about it for a second as we move into the whole Christmas season. The whole Christmas season is, is riddled with these kind of stories of people who experience the presence and power of God, His rule and His life in their midst, the kind of people that you just wouldn't expect in that day and age. To humble poor teenagers who live in the hill country of Nazareth, Mary is just naive enough to believe this angel and to actually see this angel who comes to her and tell her that supernaturally she's going to do something and something's going to happen to her body. She as a virgin is actually going to give birth to this anointed child of God. And then Joseph is just gullible enough to, to trust after he had wrestled in his heart with the news that Mary was pregnant and couldn't understand it because he knew that it was in no way him he would just be gullible enough to trust a dream that he had that has an angel show up and that says to him, you know, Joseph, as tough as this may look and as it appears, I want you to believe and trust this. I know it goes outside the categories of what you're used to and all that you believe and all that you've ever understood, but would you just be obedient to me in this? Because Jesus has a way of telling us that yes, we need to have discernment and we need to, to, to not be gullible for the reality of the fact that there really aren't tree octopuses and these HDMOs and or whatever they are that that, that, that you read it, that you have some kind of discerning power, but I think he also comes and he says, if your heart has been prepared and you know this Lord and this Savior and you begin to understand that God is who he says he is and that he's shown up in Jesus and he's given you his Holy Spirit, then in this process of discernment and understanding, he says somehow you just have to trust and be gullible enough to be able to know that God is in it. What does that look like for you? I know it's not an easy thing. We talk about discerning and hearing the voice of God. Some Far Eastern pagan scientific physicists, astronomers are open to the possible theory, just a few of them that there is going to be a birth of a new king and it's according to these stars' alignments and because of these stars' alignments, they know they need to start traveling and they need to travel to this land and they need to go to that land where they need to talk to whoever the rulers are there and say, do they know who the new ruler being born? Thinking, and, And they make this trip and they're just, again, open enough to some kind of theory of a star's alignment that they hear the voice of God. A group of shepherds abiding in a field. The lowest of all the working class in that day. You can read Talmudic literature that will tell you they were the people not to trust. They were on the, the, the end of the spectrum. And, and somehow... They're easy marks for a vision of angels who show up singing and announcing in song the birth of a new shepherd, Messiah. And they run to this place where the Messiah is born. The Christmas story abounds with this truth, and the presence and power of God belongs, says Jesus, to such as these. His blessing belongs to little children and to people whose hearts are like little children. So people brought their children to Jesus to lay that they would hope that he'd lay his hands on them and and bless them. And we read in, in chapter 19, verse 15, that that's just what Jesus did. Jesus actually placed his hands on them. I wonder if he didn't do just something similar to this, where he would 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 walk out as he was teaching at a certain point. And these people were coming and he saw these children who wanted to be blessed. And he, he, he began to just walk and he could see it in the eyes of parents. And he would come over to a child and he would, he would, he would take and he'd place his hand maybe on the child or, and say, May God's life live in you. May you be blessed with God's presence and power. Probably to sleeping children. May the love of Jesus... Be birthed in your heart. The love of Messiah. And so he, he does that. Let's read this together. Then people brought little children to Jesus. For him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he placed his hands on them, he went from there. Let asked ask a child to read this. And listen again. Then the people brought little children to Jesus for them, for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, when he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. There is something that Jesus deeply saw and loved in children. Have you wondered why lately there are a number of books and even articles in papers in newspapers and news reports of children experiencing this realm of heaven where they see angels or they have these experiences where they've been in heaven looks like heaven is for real how many have read that the boy who came back from heaven accounts from children gullible enough to believe naive enough to trust simple enough not to question I think God in this time trying to open the eyes of jaded adults who are just too worldly wise to fall for the spiritual fluff who are just too cocksure of the reality that they know and have believed to be able to see a potential reality that God wants people to know. Too alert to every trip to be such an easy mark. We recently celebrated six months since the tornado hit northern Minneapolis and there's some accounts there of what God did. There is also around the same time this mile wide blast of a tornado that tore through Joplin, Missouri, and it just ripped it to shreds. I read a news report this past week as I was preparing for this called "Butterflies: A Symbol of Hope." It, right? It, it says it was six months this last Tuesday. Then an F5 tornado hit Joplin, Missouri, destroying nearly one third of the city and killing 161 people. Today, homes are being rebuilt, businesses are reopening and as a cbs correspondent karen brown found out children are discovering their own symbols of hope and rebirth six months later the tornado still haunts joplin missouri so much debris started hitting us that you could just have to cover your head and close your eyes we called diane huddleston from there it was things hitting you in every direction added their daughter emily both Emily, an eighth grader, and her mom were tossed hundreds of feet in the family suburban. Emily's leg was cut to the bone. Apparently, something from the car that flown in took a chunk from her leg, as she remembered. But as they found shelter in a damaged building, Emily said she felt a comforting presence. I remember on this shoulder, a hand touched me, like right here, as she pointed to the spot. And they told me everything was going to be okay. As Joplin is on the road to men, on, on the on the mend, its children have found their own symbols of hope. It's actually really weird," said daughter Emily. But ever since then, I'll be walking outside, and a butterfly will come and land on me, like on my arm or my back. News reporter Brown asked Emily's mother Diane, "What about these?" butterflies that land on Emily a little skeptical they're just amazing said Diane catch this line she's got a whole new open spirit about her When I read that it just hit me I thought you know there was a time in Adam and Eve according to what God's words said, had a relationship with all creation that there wasn't a lot of fear There must have been some kind of open spirit that was vulnerable to all that was around. Could God even in this be giving us a picture? They're just amazing, said Diane, her mother. She's got a whole new open spirit about her. Brown continues to report, Emily's symbol of hope is shared by many other children. In a temporary classroom, they draw butterflies. They draw butterflies. Somehow the light that God intends, the Zoe light that God says we should live with Him, somehow appears to children. And Jesus saw it and He said, it's time to quit the gullible kind of stuff that you as adults build all kinds of walls around. It's time to open up your spirit to God. And again, I don't think Jesus is saying be gullible so that everything you read on the Internet, you believe. I think what he's saying is this, that he came according to the word of God. And He brought in this life that He wants us to live and share with Him so that as we walk with Him, recognizing He has all authority and truth, as we understand His Word and as we together as a community understand this, we need to understand that He calls us to have these open and vulnerable hearts to, to His Holy Spirit that allows for us possibly to walk in a world that we just we don't believe. In the temporary classroom, they, they have open and vulnerable spirits that just draw butterflies and on Main Street there's a new mural a community project now peppered with butterflies some say they're guardian angels that many kids believe they saw during the storm again butterflies just symbols I like how the community is all coming together said daughter Emily it's like we are being watched over Emily's scar is healing and wounded neighborhoods echo with the sound of a metamorphosis there's now a saying in Joplin the devil came to town, but the angels followed. So in Matthew 18, Jesus says, Become like a child. In Matthew 19, he frames it again and he blesses child upon child. And he says, Jaded, skeptical, boring adults, those of you who have figured this whole thing out with regard to the kingdom, those of us who know God better than he knows himself, he says, Get out of my way. Don't hinder those open, trusting, naive ones seeking after me. My kingdom, this realm where the heaven touches earth, belongs to such as these. And I just ask you to think for a second. I, I'm, I'm really just pushing you to think. Why does God give such glimpses of reality to children? Why do kids come back telling us that heaven is for real? Why does she, is it that Jesus blesses children? I think because kids are, like we said, open and, 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 and full of wonder. There's a sense when it comes to God and His reality and what He wants to do in our lives or in this life or in your life, they don't have the boxes that we sometimes grow up with. So I want you to think about it just for yourself. What are, what are the boxes that you have around God and around the way He can work in your life right now? Where are there areas you just have boxed him in? Remember that study. What it said there is: is this that people? In fact, it says in one point here. I don't know if I read this part. We develop skeptical skills and habits. It takes, according to the study, conscious effort. Isn't that interesting? What what might God be saying? You need to be open to. What is it that you, when you think about? what God might be calling you to move into. But what comes to your heart, what comes to your heart right away? And right away you go, I, 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 no. Let me think about this for a second. What about relational boxes? We put people in relational boxes all the time. What about people around you that you've just, you, you have written off. Children have this incredible ability to see people just as who they are in a sense without what they call, you know, prejudgment, right? Where have you, without even actually getting to know maybe, some, or where you have you with regard to another individual, just you don't you you have made judgments? Where God says you got to put the box down. What I love about this passage of scripture, and, and when we um, talked about this family service, is uh, we just wanted to fill this with kids. We kind of wanted to overwhelm your senses with the fact of children because we want to learn a lesson from them. We want to take and and understand as well as we can what this life with Jesus means as we get to know him and we study his word. And I think one of the things he's saying is what does it mean for you? To have an open spirit to wonder before God. That you might let him in, maybe into an area of your life where you're going, I just don't believe it, trust it. I don't want to do it. I'm going to ask you to stand as we close.